Yes, yes, yes. This one right here. This, this one right here. I know I say it every week. This one. But this one, though. But this one. This one right here. I need you to, like, right now, text somebody. Text somebody. Tag somebody. At somebody. We're talking about soulmates on tonight. And I prayed and I asked God to give me revelation. I said, God, give me a word. Give me a word to speak to the hearts of your people. And he answered my request. So I hope that you guys are excited. Thank you so much for your support, for logging in every single week, every Sunday, and every Thursday night. You guys have been showing out. And I feel like a man who is just ready to tackle the text on tonight. So take your screenshot, tag us, let us know where you are in the world and how this particular series is blessing your life. Let's get to work. One verse. One verse, Psalms chapter 42, verse 11, it says, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Father, you're awesome. Thank you for this particular time of allowing us to come together and feast on your word, dissect your word. We pray, oh God, that you give us a now word, not a Google copy, plagiarized, Pinterest quote type message. But God, we came on here to hear a word from you. So would you speak? Would you speak only in the way that you could do it? All the study means nothing if you are magnified and if you are glorified. And as my usual request, oh God, use me as your oracle, the PA system of heaven, the soundtrack of heaven. And it is so. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you drop in the room, amen. Amen. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? It's, it's, it's almost like David is having a conversation with another version of himself within himself. Because what if I were to tell you that there are two yous inside of you? There is a current level you, and there is a next level you. And on the night, Jerry's going to preach to them both. There are going to be certain parts of this message where I'm speaking to the current you. And I'm trying to inform you, I need you to make decisions that are in the best interest of your destiny. Because ever so often, you're going to encounter a crossroad which depends on if you go left and you go right. This is a destiny decision. I wouldn't roll a dice when it comes to this decision. I wouldn't play paper, rock, scissors when it comes to this decision. I wouldn't eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a tiger. I wouldn't do none of that when it comes to this particular decision. I need discernment and I need prayer because this has destiny weight on it. And then other times of this message, I'm going to talk to the next level you. Because like I stated many times, if the next level you could have a conversation with the current level you, I believe it would tell you to get here, yes, you have to pray like that. To get here, yes, you're going to have to forgive like that, just like that. Yeah, to get here, you're going to have to let things go just like that. And if there's anybody watching this message, I wonder, are you like David? You and your soul. Why, Why is my soul downcast. You and your soul have a relationship that's in turmoil. You and your soul have a relationship that's in turmoil. And watch this. If I don't know the condition of my soul, 
And if my soul is in turmoil, I won't be able to receive, yet alone, I won't be able to identify my soulmates. So let's get to work. I want to speak from this topic around this thought for part 12 of this cuffing season series, soulmates. 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 And for this particular message, you do not have the right to remain silent. You're not in the sanctuary with me, but I want you to act like you are. Can I get everybody to drop this comment in the room? From this day forward, I will make decisions that are in the best interest of my soul. One more time. From this day forward, somebody has to make it personal. Jerry, from this day forward, I will make decisions that are in the best interest of my soul. Somebody speak that over your life. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, as we begin this needed and necessary conversation on tonight, I would like to inform you on why I believe this is vitally important for your soul care for us to have this discussion. Because one of the most valuable assets that Jerry has, one of the most valuable assets that I have, and one of the most valuable assets that you have is your Time, please hear me, is your time. One of the most valuable, like your most prized possession, and it has been given to you by God. It has been given to you by God. That is the value and the asset of your time. And I can't speak for anybody else, but Jerry has personally arrived to this place where wasting time is a form of disrespect. Somebody write that down. Yeah, wasting time is a form of disrespect. Like you coming in somebody's life and wasting their time because you want to play head games and you're trying to make somebody fall for you when you had no intentions of catching them or you're trying to use them as a band-aid to cover up the blood flow of your last marriage or that last relationship, that's disrespectful. It, it's disrespectful for me to come up here week after week and preach a message with the underlying motive of trying to get popular, wanting more subscriptions, wanting more views, wanting to be more liked, that's disrespectful to the kingdom of God. Because first off, God knows the heart and he knows the motives and the intentions. It's just disrespectful. For you to entertain someone, something, or an atmosphere that is not an assistant to your evolutionary process, that is a form of self-disrespect. And can we just go ahead and go 2015 for a moment? Let's just go sweet brown. Can I get somebody to drop in the room? Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Let's go back five years, half a decade. Ain't nobody got time for that. Wasting time is a form of disrespect. Respect. There's, there's too much work to do. There, there's, there's too much to be done. I'm trying to leave a legacy in the earth. I'm trying to inspire a generation, former generations, and generations to come. There, there's a book you have to write. There's, there's a vlog you have to record. There's a song you have to record. There's a YouTube channel you have to launch. There is too much time. There is too much time for me to waste my time on anything that is not an assistant or a secretary to my process, my becoming, or my evolution. I feel like we're coming out already. There, there, there is too much. My time is too valuable. And when you get this understanding, you will stop engaging in pursuits and relationships that waste your time. 
Okay? Listen, I have a feeling there's somebody watching this message on tonight. Here we go, about to get in trouble. Somebody watching this message on tonight, you're wasting time due to the desire of not wanting to start over. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. You're, You're wasting time due to the desire of not wanting to start over. This is unhealthy. This is toxic. Why y'all looking at me like that? Your hair is falling out. You are stressed. And for the love of God, you're not even in covenant yet. Like if y'all are going through this and y'all are not even married, I'm like, how many more flags does God have to give some of us? God has shown you every color in the rainbow of a flag, a red flag, white flag, black flag, blue flag. But here's the thing, when we really want something, when we really, really want something and we don't want to let go of it, we will always confuse God's red flag as a green light because we don't want to let go of it and we're wasting time because we don't want to start over because we feel as though we invested too much time, too much effort, and too much energy. But I'm trying to help somebody on tonight. Please hear me. Loving them harder won't make them change. Who is that for? Loving them harder will not make them change. It will not make them change because God changes people, not you, not me. Listen, listen, change is a matter of a man's will, not how hard you can love. I need to say that again. Change is a matter of a man's will, not how hard you can love. And I'm going to just go ahead and put my foot on the gas some more. You're not crazy. You're not crazy, nor are you selfish, because you want the same type of love to be rendered back to you that you extend. You're not crazy. You're not crazy because you want that same type of love. See, somebody watching this message, the reason that we're so hurt is because you keep expecting you from people. Because you wouldn't do them like that, you're blown away that they would do you like that. Because you wouldn't leave them hanging like that, you're confused on how they can leave you hanging like that. Because you're expecting you from people. You're not crazy nor are you selfish for wanting the same type of love that you extend rendered back to you. It's not that you're asking for too much, it's just that you're asking the wrong one. I'm trying to help somebody. Listen. Listen, wrong people, can I get on my soapbox? Wrong people will really have you out here thinking that you're asking for too much. But the truth is they can't offer much. They, they can't offer much, and they will try to make you feel as though you're asking for too much, but really it's just they don't have a capacity to love the way that you could love. I'm trying to help somebody on the night. Listen. You're not crazy and never allow allow a time waster to affect your perspective. Never never allow allow a time waster to change your perspective. She'll be telling you like, yeah, that's right, girl. You can't depend on no man. Pause. Sis, you can't depend on your man. (laughs) You, You can't depend on your man. My kingdom man come through. I wish we had a wife in the room or somebody who could articulate and cooperate my claim and just say, listen, kingdom men come through different. It's just the kingdom for me. It's just that kingdom part of him for me. Don't don't try to give me your perspective. No, your man is not dependable, but mine comes through. Okay, let's see how many amens we call that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're not selfish. And you're not crazy. It's just you're expecting a fountain attribute from a drain. Okay? You're, 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 affecting, you're, you're expecting 
a fountain attribute from a drain. They can't spring forth something for you to glean from. They only know how to take. Fountains give, drains suck the life out of you. And sometimes the reason you're so confused is because you're expecting a fountain attribute from a drain individual. The reason I felt led to do this message on tonight is because I want to be an assistant in your healing. My prayer is that this message could help you heal and I could hand you spiritual nutrients to such a degree that when love knocks on the door of your heart, you will not allow fear to cause you to act like you're not home. Did y'all hear what I just said? I want to help you heal. And I want to hand you spiritual nutrients so that when love knocks on the door of your heart, fear won't cause you to act like you're not home. Maybe you're not asking for too much. You're just asking it from the wrong person. What, what, What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your time? Because please hear me, what you do with your time affects your soul. What you're doing with your time affects your soul. Time is so critical that what you do in your lifetime will affect your afterlife placement. I feel like I lost like 20 or 30% of my amen corner. What you're doing in your lifetime will affect your afterlife placement. We don't like that, right? I know. I know we don't like to talk about the reality of hell, right? We don't like to talk about the reality of heaven and angels and demons. But just because you don't like to talk about it doesn't mean Jerry's not going to preach about it. Just because you don't like to talk about it does not mean it is not real. It is very real. In fact, it is a constant conversation that was constantly interwoven through the fabric of Jesus' ministry tenure. He constantly kept talking about the kingdom and talking about heaven. This this is so puzzling to me because Jesus' main conversation, if you study his life, if you read the Gospels, if you read the Synoptic Gospels, if you study Jesus' life, he constantly kept talking about heaven and the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who did this, a kingdom of heaven is like a woman, a kingdom of heaven, a kingdom of heaven. He constantly had so much to say about the kingdom of heaven and he kept having encounters with devils and demons. Jesus had the most number one deliverance ministry of all time. He constantly was casting out devils, casting out demons, and he told us that we're the salt of the earth. But isn't it crazy? We prefer sugar-coated messages. (laughs) He called us salt, but we like sugar-coated. He told us to be light, but we keep on throwing shade. That's a whole other sermon. I'm not even going to bother that. What? Are you doing with your time? Because what you do with your time affects your soul. And wrong picks waste time. I need to say that one more time. Wrong picks waste time. And is there anybody in the room that can holler at your boy and says, listen, I'm tired of wasting time. God, I need you to pick because when I look at my resume, I don't really have wisdom with picking. I'm not that good with my picks because wrong picks waste time. I need you to pick because I keep on picking wrong. (laughs) I need you to pick. What are you doing with your time? And while we are getting this message off the runway 
to reach a cruising altitude of life impact. I want to make sure and be crystal clear that this message is biblically accurate and has sound theology and exegesis. We have to make sure this is sound and has theology because the word soulmate is not in the Bible. Please hear me. The word soulmate is not a biblically complemented word. You are not going to find soulmate in the Bible. The reason I have to discuss this is because there are a breed of people who will see the word soulmate and just render this message as heresy. That's not in the Bible. I don't believe in that. Uh -uh, see, he preaching fall. Soulmate is not in the Bible, but the Bible does have a lot to say about your soul and people you do relationships with. Okay? I'm going to give you Bible because I understand that there are a lot of churches. You can stream for 90 days and the pastor won't ever tell you to turn to any scripture. I'm not that guy. I'm not this. You're going to find something on Pinterest and preach that. I want to give you Bible. That's Jerry's just go-to. We're going to give you Bible. No, the word soulmate is not in the Bible, but the Bible has a lot to say about your soul and about your mate. All right, let's look at this. Matthew 16, verse 26. I'm going to go kind of fast. I'm going to flood you. Matthew 16, verse 26. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Matthew 27, verse 37. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. Psalms 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions, intents of the heart. The Bible has a lot to say about your soul. It also has a lot to say about your relationships. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22. It says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. So the Bible is saying, listen, you don't have to be a fool. To suffer harm. You just got to hang with them. You don't have to be a fool. Just your boyfriend has to be one. You don't have to be a fool. Just your girlfriend has to be one. I'm going to get in trouble. You don't have to be a fool. You just have to marry one. You don't have to be a fool. You just got to have a bestie who's a fool. You don't have to be a fool. You just got to hang with them so that you'll experience the same type of harm they're experiencing. Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Bad company. So it's saying, listen, you got some good stuff on the inside of you, but you got some bad friends. You don't have to cook at the barbecue to smell like smoke. All you have to do is attend it. 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 2. They were from the nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites... You must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your heart after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? No, 
the word soulmate is not in the Bible, but the Bible has a lot to say about your soul and about your relationships. So on the night when you hear me use the word soulmates, I'm not speaking of the cultural definition of soulmates. Because when culture is referring to a soulmate, it's talking about just that one. It's just that person that gives you butterflies, that person that makes you feel all good. It's like they were just born for you, and you were just born for them. Next week, I'm going to touch that next Sunday. We're going to deal with a message entitled, Is This the One? Because what do you do if you marry the wrong one? And is there a such thing as the one? And what if you miss the one? And why is it so hard in marriage to become one? We're going to deal with all them ones next Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but culture soulmate is like, this is just the one for me. I fell in love with him. I fell in love with her. We're just compatible. That's what cultural's the cultural definition of soulmate is. But here's the problem. Number one, you can't fall in love. I feel like it just got quiet. All I heard was one all right from our production and amen from the sound booth. That's all I heard. I just feel like it got quiet. I can fall in love. I just fell in love with him. You can't fall in love. How do you fall into not keeping a record of wrong? How, how do you just fall into long suffering? I said it so many times. When I saw Tanisha as fine as she is, when I saw her strutting by, I never said to myself back in May of 2011, she is just so fine, I just want to deny my flesh. This, this girl is so fine, I'm not going to hold any of her records of wrong. She is just so fine, I just want to be gentle and kind. I'm, I didn't think that. You don't fall into love. You choose to love. This is why in culture, divorce is so high, because when I fall out of love with you, you must not be my soulmate. This is so good. Falling out of love with your spouse is like selling your car because it ran out of gas. Culture says you can fall out of love. We don't fall out of or fall into. We choose to love. That, 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 that's the first issue. The, the second issue is um, compatibility can get you in trouble. Because you could be compatible with a demon. Devils know what you like too. I feel like somebody's like, you preaching because I know my ex was a demon. I, I, I know my, my, my ex-babe, my ex-boyfriend, my ex-wife, I know they were demon. But before you amen too much, why are you attracted to devils? Okay. Okay. See, I love messages like this. You're like, amen, ouch. I don't know if I'm going to say amen next time. Why, why, why are you attracted to devils? Listen, one of the dangers of choosing compatibility over suitability is compatibility is season-based. Compatibility is season-based. So you can meet somebody and you're compatible in the season of your struggle. But just because you're compatible in the season of your struggle does not mean you'll be compatible in the season of your success. See, listen, listen, listen. You really could choose somebody and you really could think that y'all click because y'all are both broken in the same area. And since we're both broken in the same area, we share the same passions, we share the same energy, and we feel the same way about the same pain, and we both can relate to the same issue. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. If both of us are compatible because we're both broken in the same area and we share the same pain, what happens if you heal? Here we go. What happens if you heal? 
And they don't. Because listen, like I stated earlier in the genesis of this message, you can't change nobody. Just because you healed doesn't mean they will heal. And if the only thing that you have in common is your brokenness, or y'all have similar dysfunctions in a broken area, if you heal, you remove what y'all had in common. And so now we're no longer compatible. And this is what I try to get our singles to understand. I don't want you to be broken and then get into marriage and heal from that brokenness to discover I'm with somebody who I can't fly with. And if you don't know who you are, you'll clip your wings so that you can go back to crawling with them. This is so good, man. Listen, compatibility is season-based. What if you heal? You'll start to get frustrated with them because they're not healing, and they'll end up getting frustrated with you because they'll feel like you lack patience because they were there for you when you were broken. But the more you heal, the more you move what y'all had in common. Please listen. Please hear me. Two caterpillars are compatible until one of them gets cocooned. They're compatible until you get cocooned. Now, listen, I know most of us think that all caterpillars, once they enter into a cocoon, they come out a butterfly. But that's not the case. Sometimes when both of you get cocooned, it shows you that one of you is a butterfly, but the other one is a moth. You didn't know that they were a moth until they had a hard season, until they were in a dark place. Until they had obscurity, until they had difficulty, and you didn't know that you were a butterfly until you had a hard place, until you had something that caused you to grow, until you had something that made you evolve. You're thinking that you're going to be with somebody who's going to turn into a butterfly, but time can reveal they're just going to turn into a moth. This is so good. Listen, and here's the difference. Moths are nocturnal, and butterflies are diurnal. What does that mean? Butterflies fly during the day. Moths fly at night. Y'all missed it. Butterflies fly during the day. Moths fly at night. And sometimes it just takes the right season for you to recognize I'm with somebody who loves the dark. I'm with somebody who loves darkness. But you're called and you have been summoned by God to be a child of the light. But you won't recognize it and you won't know it. Until you have a season of being cocooned. Another thing and another difference between a moth. A moth, their wings go just like this. But a butterfly's wings can go like this. I'm about to shout and run off this stage. Tracy, you better come get me. Moth, their wings can go like this. But a butterfly's wings can go like this. And for any, anybody watching this message, this right here, this means three things. Number one, it means worship. Worship. I've recognized the power of worship. Jerry is a man who recognizes that there is something powerful about a man who worships because worship is worth-ship. It's worth-ship. Listen, I know I'm new school, but I grew up old school. My parents taught me something called manners. Do y'all remember that? They, they taught me something called manners. I was taught if somebody opens a door for you to say thank you, that's just having good manners. If somebody gives you a gift, say thank you, that's just having good manners. If somebody's good to you, just say thank you, that's having good manners. So I've arrived to this place in my spiritual growth that worship is just having good manners. 
Worship is just having good manners. Because when I reflect back on my life, there's some doors that God has opened. My worship is just saying, God, thank you. When I reflect back on my life, there has been some times God has been good to me, good, so good to me that I have been good to myself. My worship is just saying, thank you. There's some times in my life where God has given me gifts, and I know I didn't deserve it. I was on one all week. I was on one all night. I was on one all year. But he's still good to me because his goodness leads us to repentance. My worship is just saying thank you. Can somebody in the comment section just drop the comment? Worship is just having good manners. Just, just good manners. This means worship. The second thing this means is surrender. I don't have nothing on me. I'm not fighting. I surrender my will. I surrender my ways. I surrender my mind. I surrender my appetites. I surrender. I'm not fighting you anymore, God. I'm not fighting the process. I'm not fighting the season. I'm not fighting what you're trying to do. I'm not like uh, Jacob and wrestling with you. I surrender, and now I shifted from wrestling to holding. I won't let you go until you bless me. I recognize that your way is better than my way. Every time I try to do things my way, I keep screwing up. I keep messing up, and I recognize that you help me to transition from being ratchet to righteous. You help me to transition. Transition from being petty to powerful. I recognize I surrender because I need you. This means surrender. And the third thing this means for all my fellas is touchdown. Ever since the Lord has touched me, my stress has gone down. Ever since he's trusted me, my anxiety touched me, my anxiety has gone down. My doubt has gone down. I'm not saying I have it all together, but ever since I got his touch, I'm starting to see some stuff go down. Somebody say surrender. It's not all about compatibility but rather suitability let's look at this genesis chapter 2 genesis chapter 2 verse 18 it says the lord god said it is not good for the man to be alone i will make a helper suitable for him so suitability is about someone who suits your assignment and there's something a lot of times we just breeze over but i want to show you this in verse 23 same, same chapter, Genesis 2, verse 23. It says, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woo-man because she was taken out of man. Listen, Adam was able to look at this woman like you bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He's able to identify value. Kingdom men can see value before touching you. Before even really having a deep conversation, he's able to recognize you're a helper. You bone of my bone and you flesh of my flesh. You came out of me and so I can recognize value. One of the blueprint revelations of a kingdom man is he can look at a woman and understand her value without touching her. So good, man. So good. Not understanding this will cause you to clip your wings because you want to hang with a person who is still crawling. My soul, my soul, my soul. It, it was something about David where David was able to recognize who I am and my soul is off right now. Why? Why am I so downcast in my soul? Why is my soul in turmoil within me? See, a lot of us, you think it's you. You think it's you, but it's really your soul. And David was able to separate him from his soul, to recognize in this moment, 
My soul is not lining up with how I'm supposed to line up. So he said, listen, um, we're going to praise the Lord. I don't understand why you're feeling like this, but I know how to get out of this. I'm going to have to talk you into it. Listen, y'all, listen. Sometimes you have to talk to yourself. Sometimes you're going to have to say, soul, act like you know. I don't know who that's for, but don't allow how your mind is thinking and how you're feeling to dictate your attitude. Sometimes you got to say, act like you know. Can I get somebody to drop in the comment section, act like you know. Act like you know. Listen, you have to look at yourself and say, soul, this is not a season for you to be discouraged, for you to be depressed, for you to be oppressed. But this is a season where your praise needs to get brewed up. This is a season where your worship needs to get brewed up. This is a season where you have to have a I'm going to do it anyway type of attitude. I don't feel like praying, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't even feel like watching this message, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't feel like working out, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't feel like reading the word. I'm going to do it anyway. I don't feel like studying, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yes, I may feel overwhelmed, but I am never outnumbered. Yes, I might be weak, but his strength is made perfect in my weakness. His strength is made perfect in my weakness, and I have the victory. And this is the time I wish we had people in the sanctuary because I would tell everybody to lift up your voice like this wall of depression is going to come down, like this wall of doubt is going to come down, like this wall of fear is going to come down, like this wall of discouragement is going to come down. And it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by the Spirit, says the Lord. This is the season where you encourage yourself. Somebody say, act like you know gotta talk to yourself listen so this season we're gonna go from enduring to enjoying yeah I'm talking to myself so we gonna have a great day it don't matter how traffic is I'm gonna have a great day it don't matter if the light is out I'm gonna have a great day it doesn't matter if the internet is slow I'm gonna have a great day you know why because this is the day why I feel like preaching I'm supposed to teach this is the day that the Lord has made claim back that power over your soul I command my soul to magnify the Lord. What is David saying? Listen, what I'm going through is bothering me, but so are we going to worship. I command you. You don't run me. I run you. We going to worship. I command you to magnify the Lord with me. Listen, y'all, even the devil knows you're going to win. Even the devil knows you're going to win. Because you, you do know, like, every good hater, they always leave out the good part of the story. I'd be like, if you want to talk about Jerry, why don't you throw in the good stuff too? Like, why you got to selectively talk about somebody? Put in the good stuff too. Put in all the times we served. All, throw in that part too. Anyway, y'all pray for me. God's still rendering me in that area. That's still pending maturity in that area. I just, just talk about the good stuff too. Why you got to talk about all the bad stuff? But that's what devils do. They leave out the rest of the story. You know, the devil knows the whole Bible, right? He knows that if the devil knows the Bible, he knows that he's a defeated foe. I'm trying to give you some perspective. He knows that he's a defeated foe. He knows that you have been given the power to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the works of the enemy. He knows that you have been given the victory. He just doesn't want you to know it. He, I'm trying. He, he just doesn't want you to know it. Even the devil knows you're going to win. This is so good, man. This is so good. Listen, in the Greek, the word soul is psyche. It's where we get the word psychology from. So, so what is your soul? Your soul is your psychological 
emotional self that includes your mind, your will, your emotions, your appetites, your cravings, and your feelings. That is your soul. Now, what is a mate? A mate is anything that summons fruitfulness. So good, man. So good. It is anything that summons fruitfulness. If I'm in agriculture, I bring my livestock together, a male with a female, because it's mating season. And when I put them together, I am summoning for them to be fruitful. Okay? Jerry is fruitful to a certain degree. Why? Because I'm a man. And all I have is a seed. Tanisha, my wife, is fruitful to a certain degree. Because she's a woman. All she has is a womb. But when we get together, when we intimacy, when we have mates joined together, we summon forth fruitfulness. So really, from an actual biblical perspective, when you're saying, I want a soul mate, what you're really saying, I want somebody who provides health in the area of my psychological, my emotional, my will, my mind, my cravings, my desires. I want somebody who would demand for fruit to come out of my life. This is so good, man. Gosh. Soulmates is when somebody will make you be fruitful. If you don't have this proper understanding and you go off the cultural definition of soulmates, you'll pick people who cause you to be barren. Listen, fruit production is tied to spiritual maturity because you have to be mature to be attracted to fruit. And the reason some of us don't look for fruit is because you're spiritually underage. You still like candy. You still like eye candy. I like them like this, and I like them like that. I like them like this. And I'm not saying, listen, please, please don't get me wrong, because I understand there's two extreme spectrums of this. I don't believe God is going to give you somebody that troubles you during the night. I don't believe God's going to give you somebody that has a troubled earth suit, that they can't look at you too fast without startling you. I, I don't believe that. Listen, listen, God made you. He knows what you like. I think sometimes we forget that. Like, God knows what you like. We just have to, be, we just have to make sure we don't like things because culture has shaped our mind. But, 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 but God knows what you like, and he knows what you need. And he's not going to give you somebody because that's the question. What if I'm unattractive? What if I'm just so unattracted to him? What if, what if I'm just not attracted to her, bro? What if I'm just not feeling her like that? God is going to give you somebody. He's not going to tell you they look like Freddy Krueger but love them in spite. He's not going to do that. He knows you. He only made you. He only stretched out the heavens like a curtain. He only knows every star in the sky by name. He only knows how many hair follicles are on your head. He only knows every ounce of grain of sand on every beach in all the world. He only knows that. He knows what you like, and he knows what you need. So, therefore, we have to understand Please understand this. Fruit production is tied to spiritual maturity because it takes spiritual maturity for you to look for fruit. And the reason a lot of us keep getting deceived is because we're spiritually underage. Spiritual maturity, this is just for grown folk. Grown folk, we like soul food. (laughs) We like soul food. And I'm not talking about greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes, ham, hogs, you name it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about character. Yeah, we like that. We like for you to be integral. Yeah, we like that. We like for you to practice purity too. Yes, we like that. Soul food, that's just for grown people. You have to be spiritually mature to like this. And I understand, please hear me, marital length 
does not mean fruitfulness. I know we clap. You've been married 40 years. My God, hallelujah. I know we clap, but you could be married 40 years and have no fruit. And a couple could be married four years and have more fruit than a couple that's been married 40 years. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I wish, we were, I wish we would applaud for fruit production. I'm able to see that your marriage has some fruit. I'm able to glean from your marriage. Because listen, God never gives you someone for romance. He always gives you someone to advance. God never gives you a person for romance. It's always for advance. I'm bringing this man into your life because it's going to advance my will. I'm bringing this particular woman in your life because it's going to advance my agenda. It's not about romance. It's about advance. That's the only reason Tanisha and I are together. Our romance is just like the benefits. It's the icing on the cake. But us being together is so that a generation could glean from fruit. To say like, hey, you can have kingdom, holistic, godly marriage. This is how we did it when we were single. This is how we did it. This is how we practiced purity when we were unmarried. This is how we have power in our marriage. We just want to have a union where people could glean from. And it's obvious when a person has a fruitful marriage versus just time under their belt. That right there is real relationship goals. When I can look at you and see that y'all together summon fruit. That's like an ouch right there. Listen, like I told us last week, God is a leader and not a dragger. So therefore, all God will, all God will do is present and try to convince. This is somebody who can help you advance and your purpose. I ain't going to make you marry them, but I'm going to allow them to cross your path. I'm going to allow them to cross your path. And we have to understand this. Having spiritual maturity helps us identify branches from sticks. John 15, verse 5, this is so good, y'all. John 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Branches from sticks. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much, what's that word? Fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch. That's a stick. It's withered. It withers, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Listen. For you to have spiritual maturity, it's, able, it's, it's the ability for you to be able to recognize a branch from a stick. Branches are connected to the vine, and they bear forth fruit. You cannot be connected to Jesus and not be fruitful. No way possible. This is why time is your friend. Because if you just give it time, you will see that this is a stick and not a branch. God, is this, is this man for me? God's probably, the reason you feel like God is not talking, he's like, just give it a week. If you can keep your legs closed for a week, you will see that withering state. Branches don't wither. This is a stick. Branches are on the ground. Bran- I mean, uh, sticks are on the ground. Excuse me. Sticks are on the ground, but branches are connected to the tree. So anytime you want a branch, you got to level up. So good, y'all. And the reason the enemy traffics in this area is because he knows that this is a kingdom agenda. Be fruitful and multiply. So what I want to do is I want to slither my stupid self in the area of your attractions, of what you like, how you like him, and how you like her, so that hopefully I can make you barren. Because I want to stop the kingdom agenda of you being fruitful and multiply. Malachi verse 2, 15, it says, has not the one God made you? 
You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. God wants godly offspring. Because if I could have a godly mommy and a godly daddy, we could have godly children. And if I have godly children, then I could have a godly home. And if we have godly homes, we'll have godly communities. And if we have godly communities, we'll have godly cities. And if we have godly cities, we'll have godly states. And if we have godly states, we'll have godly regions. And if we have godly regions, we'll have godly content. All of it is connected. God wants godly offspring. Soulmates, what are we looking for? This is for someone who makes me be fruitful. So number one, the fruit of assignment. The fruit of assignment. Do we complement each other's purpose? If you don't know your purpose, you can't pick on purpose. So I have to understand my assignment. Jerry is a preacher of the gospel. So in the kingdom, I'm a trumpet blower. I'm everybody, the king is coming. My wife is a worshiper. What is worship? It's laying down the red carpet to say, King, come on in and get yourself some glory. So in the kingdom, we're going to constantly keep bumping into each other because our assignments complement. I'm blowing the trumpet. You laying down the carpet. we right next to each other. And it doesn't always have to be like us, being in church, being a pastor. It doesn't always have to be like that. You could be a principal of the school, and you are, you are adamant about education and children getting proper structure, and your husband could be a lawyer. He fights for justice, and it complements. It complements the fruit of assignment. Because bottom feeders, bottom feeders will always criticize you for having wings. The fruit of acceptance. Number two, the fruit of character. I need you to have character outside of me. Because you really don't know if somebody's loyal until they have an opportunity. You think they're loyal, but loyalty is revealed in the face of options. You really don't know if they're loyal. I need you to have the fruit of character. And one of the reasons that we entertain foolishness sometimes is because of historical trauma. And so we'll excuse disrespect and we'll excuse being talked to crazy because I've survived worse. I, I, I need the fruit of character. Number three, the fruit of values. I value prayer. Do you? Do you? In my house, in the flowers home, you can hear Tanisha just walking around singing songs, just, just worshiping, just loud, just walking around worshiping. And you could just catch her in worship. You could just catch me reading the Bible. You could just catch me in the room, uh, chapter 4. And you could just catch me studying and trying to perfect my craft. We have similar values. Do you value prayer? Do you value, value purity? Because I shouldn't be the only one that's practicing that. I shouldn't have to keep telling you, move your hand, stop. I shouldn't be the one doing that because we both value the same thing. The fruit of values. Number four, the fruit of faith. Do you believe in Jesus? Are you filled with the Spirit? Do you value God's Word? Does Jesus and His Word have the highest authority in your life or is it just an option? Fruit of values. Next, the fruit of devotion. I'm a devoted man. Is she a devoted woman? I'm a devoted woman. Is she, is she, am, am I attracted to a devoted man? I'm not saying he has to be perfect. He doesn't have to be Paul Jr., Jesus Jr., but for the most part, you see that they have a life of devotion. Next, the fruit of counsel. 
can I correct this person? Can you tell them anything without them getting offended? Because there is safety in a multitude of counsel. And if you are entertaining a man that you can't counsel, you're going to have a household that's not safe. Because there's safety in a multitude of counsel. This goes for women as well. The fruit of direction. Are you going in the direction that heaven has told you to go? David said, why are you cast down? Oh, my soul, why are you in turmoil within me? He's able to acknowledge something's off. Some, something, something is off within me. You know why I'm doing this message? It's because usually when we feel this feeling, we think I'm downcast because I need a bait. We're downcast because I need a person. I'm lonely, so maybe this man can fix it. Maybe this woman can fix it. Maybe this high can fix it. But David teaches us this lesson. The only thing that can fix my soul is my God. And a lot of us are trying to get man to fix soul issues. This is an issue within my soul. I understand it's downcast and it's in turmoil. But here's the secret. I will praise the Lord, my God and my Savior. So God, would you give us the outlook and the mind to recognize a man can't fix this part of me. Only you can. And help me live a life where I'm forever laying on the surgical operation table of your love, of your grace, of your conviction. I need your rod and I need your staff. Because God, I don't want to live life with my soul in turmoil. Will you fill me up and help me to change my perspective to look for fruit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.